so we are so excited tonight. It is kind of an epic night. We're so, we have such a great panel to talk Chesapeake Chats. This is episode seven of season three that we're going to be talking about. And I'm Rachel and Lisa's here. Hi. <laughs> and Casey's here. Hi guys. And this is so exciting. Amber is here. She's Hi, here. everybody. I feel like I'm a special guest on our actual podcast. <laughs> we missed you. Oh, me. Yeah, this is so fun. So <clears throat> you have been watching this whole season, correct? Correct. I mean, I've been live tweeting a lot of it. Yes, you have. So real quick, what has been your feeling about the season so far? Um, one thing I will say real quick that's impressed me is just how beautiful Canada is. Like, stop it, Canada. Right. Um, but I feel like, for the most part, like you guys have said, there's been a little bit of, like, no drama. Mm -hmm. And I could not care less about the, you know, country music scene. I don't care about that at all. Mm -hmm. Um, I really like david and jess because david's amazing but like also he's like so perfect that like i need him to have a flaw it's becoming too much mm -hmm. um but yeah i don't know mostly underwhelmed but i'm ready for them to whelm me <laughs> well i think that today was a step in the right direction i think this was probably the best episode of the season I felt like there was at least some actual conflict uh, that was brought up and not immediately resolved. Uh, maybe it'll be resolved next episode, but hopefully not. Um, I don't know. Lisa, what do you think? Did you, what do you think of this episode? I really liked this episode, and I would say that I would have liked it a whole lot more like four episodes ago. Yes. <laughs> I'm with you, Amber. We could have cut a sorry, Trabsters. Uh, we could have cut out a lot of the Travi stuff and just scooted this one. <laughs> mm -hmm. agreed remember last time we said that that last week's episode would have been great second episode yeah insane mm -hmm. so we could just cut out four episodes and we'll be good i don't know uh casey what about you i agree yeah this was a good episode um and it would have been like a really really awesome episode had this been episode number like three yeah yeah it's true because i'm still waiting for the book to come out and we have two episodes left yeah like at least i mean like i understand books taking a while but i don't know that we needed to spend like every person in the family has to have like one whole episode where they have the book like it should not have taken us episode eight for megan to finally maybe get the book yeah agreed and also like just the whole brie and simon stuff like they had cute moments but a lot of that was just like made brie kind of like a brat and was a drag for me at least but anyway <laughs> let's stop <laughs> talking about that let's talk about tonight yes <laughs> all right here we go so it started out we have abby running herself ragged trying to compete with miss marvel the perfect miss terry and uh and trace tells her all you're gonna do is burn yourself out so and abby says pot to the kettle uh because trace is uh evidently you know working uh working the two jobs and whatever and um so i don't know what did you think casey about this whole 
drama with Abby and Terry and the competition. Oh, goodness. <laughs> on, okay, so on one hand, I, I do understand where she's coming from. Being a mom, two little girls, um, you know, society tells you you have to be the perfect mom. You have to, you know, be a stay-at-home mom. No, you can't do that. You have to be a working mom. You have to do this. You have to breastfeed. You have to formula feed. You have to take them out on play dates. You have to put them in preschool. You have to homeschool. They're, it's so polarizing. So on one hand, I can understand abby's um plight if you will and i can understand you know why she'd want to do that on a general level um especially since terry is miss marvel and she's been kind of idolizing her and now she's going to be really working with her on the other hand she's really got to calm down and see that comparison is the thief of joy and that she is the best mom that she can be. And she is doing an awesome job being like this VP of finance and, you know, still spending time with her kid. And she's not her dad. Um, I think that was something that was brought up um, that she was kind of comparing herself to her dad and not being there. And I was like, no, that's not the case. You're there for your kids. Like you're taking them on picnics and treasure hunts and snipe hunts and whatever. It's not like you're an absent parent. So yeah, tone it down just a little bit. So yeah. um, I did appreciate it at the end when Caitlin had that um, the little note in the book. And I thought, I thought that was so sweet. I was like, I hope I find a little note in a book 10 years from now. <laughs> so I can be reminded on a bad day that I'm a pretty awesome person. You're like, kids, <laughs> hint, hint, hint. <laughs> yeah, she's three. <laughs> yeah, she's going to get the hint. The other one's one. very eloquent that note oh yeah that she's, that she's writing as a three-year-old yeah uh lisa you have kids what do you think about this you know i wanted to be irritated because just my natural inclination to the story to like abby and trace's storyline is to be irritated but <laughs> and i'd like to think that if i had a my kids had another mother figure like my husband got remarried like we got divorced i'd like to think that i'd be like welcoming and like okay let's maybe work on this but honestly no i'd be competitive just like abby so this episode i was with her i'd be like no mm -mm, you're not getting one over on me i can do all of that too let's go to michael's let's get some glitter let's make some slime i'll do it all come on <laughs> so i was like i'm with you I totally understand, and I would have tried to do it all, too. Amber, what about you? Yeah, that no, I, I mean, I have no children and whatever, but I guarantee you I would be the most competitive person. Like, this is probably why I'm not allowed to get married and have children, because I'd be like, yeah, so um, I'm already doing a better job at this than everyone else. I mean, like, I'm kind of that way with being an aunt, Rachel, you've seen my Instagram. How, how, am I the best aunt? Yes, you are. I mean, like, literally this weekend, I took my nieces to a little, a small town festival. Yeah. We traveled for an hour to go to a small town <laughs> festival. I kind of wish you were my aunt sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm amazing. It's a good I life. Go to, I go to every soccer game. Like, no, hashtag true. world's best aunt. That's me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> For the record, my nieces live very far away, but I do what I can. <laughs> anyway, that, that being aside, I totally felt Abby in this episode. And I mean, like, I know, like, that's not healthy to try to, like, compete. But, like, pff, 
I'm not here for healthy. I'm here for drama. And I really liked it. And it was like the first time where you really were like, ah, all the crazy O'Brien sisters are related. They have the <laughs> same weird neuroses and over craziness. It re I really liked it. Yeah. It like it made me dislike Brie and Jess basically becoming the same archetype more. Like it I was like, haha, it's not just the two of them being one person. It's just a whole family thing. So it made it more acceptable <laughs> yeah. in retrospect. But the one thing I didn't really understand is she says pot to the kettle about Trace, and then she says, uh, days with us and shows at night. I don't under that sounds like a dream life days yeah. with the family <laughs> i don't understand why that's a problem but evidently well, he's neglecting the 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 bridge so yeah i don't know yeah, um the ghosting kids that he didn't choose to have whoops yeah right <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah so the bridge find out they he hired a bad guy who is uh committed fraud and uh um all these taking uh, all these false invoices and taking the profit and i don't know something in I along mean, those fraud's lines complicated <laughs> <laughs> it was something like wait, uh, and like there are like elements to prove fraud like i don't want to get into it but like <laughs> let's just assume the guy stole all their money yeah yeah there you go so greg is the bad guy here uh yeah and so obviously mick is very upset about that uh and um uh yeah so what did you think about this whole plot line with trace and mick uh kind of goes throughout the episode what do you think lisa i'm in because to me that's a legit um like problem you know yeah. he told mick that he would be there to run the club if he would give him the money and he hasn't been there to run the club and i to me that's a legitimate conflict of whether he's going to pursue his music career or stay there and do that to me that's just a more realistic conflict as opposed to paparazzi somebody choosing, yes. right somebody choosing <laughs> to date you knowing that you're a musician and then wondering why you're going out on tour yeah i agree because it's a problem that he could actually like he's actually made a mistake instead of being perfect and also he can actually make choices right where the paparazzi he's nothing trace can do about that there's nothing <laughs> So it's not interesting. It's just like a whole bunch right. of talking. But I, either way, mm -hmm. he's still in music. It's either he runs the club or he performs. So to me, it's like a you know, it's like which which path do you want to take? Realize that Trace was expected to be the manager. I thought he was just like an owner of this place, and he had other people to do that. I had no idea until this episode that yeah. that was the deal. Like, yeah. what was going on at the place when he was gone on tour for six months? Yeah. I, he okay I like i just i don't understand it and i don't understand the show trying to make it be like mick is some evil villain for trying to protect mm. his investment i will never apparently i will never not side with mick <laughs> because every single one of these things like oh mick is bad i'm like well no because he's just trying to develop this land and also he's just trying to do all these things that are going to actually be good and profit other people why why is it so hard i hate them yeah. well and i like the fact that mick is just kind of like yep this is it uh, like he doesn't really like waffle under their emotional manipulation which i i like that about him yeah mick does not play 
Yeah. He just tipped that cowboy hail right off the tree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he did. I'm like, uh, if, if it comes next week and Tris is like, I'm the biggest, baddest, lot. found this loophole, now you can't help me do my job. I'm going to be like, good. Because you know what? Mick should pull out. Mick should say, okay, well, I'm going to sell the business, buy me out, or I'll sell my share. And then see how far that freaking bridge goes without him. <laughs> because <laughs> at this point, it's sunk cost, and he's not going to get a return on the investment if it's being run by Trace, who's terrible at his job. So he should just cut bait, and then Trace will resent him for failing. And be like, well, maybe you should have accepted my help, Trace. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, this is yeah. really the only thing I'm mad about. Everything else is great. So when we get to the fun part, you guys will like the review better. <laughs> if you like the show, if you didn't, then oh. well, no. it makes her good drama yeah. because he is dating Abby. I mean, you know, that's another thing. Do you really want to screw over your uh, potential future father-in-law's? But he's not money? screwing over. He's literally like helping him. To make this work and like find Trace? accountants. Oh, oh, I thought you were no, saying I'm Trace. Um, Mick. No, okay. no, no. I'm on Mick's side. Totally. Totally yeah, on yeah, Mick's yeah, side because yeah. it's ridiculous. If right. somebody were to, if I invested money in somebody, trusting them to, you know, do what's right and manage the whatever and they failed, I'd be a lot less gracious than Mick for yeah. sure. Yeah. I'm just saying Trace needs to like yeah. calm down a little bit. Connor, he has no time to do anything but work. And he is working super hard on this case. And yeah, this, I love those scenes at the beginning where for breakfast, people coming in and out. And I loved how Nell said, doesn't anyone eat breakfast at their own home anymore? <laughs> that was funny, I think. <laughs> so Connor, his whole plot line on this episode was that he ended up going up against Danielle in this uh using the bay thing lawsuit thing right and yeah and like i don't care about the details blah 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 <laughs> legal jargon save the whales i mean save the eagles <laughs> save the eagles um the thing about this is oh is Tra is connor gonna be able to defend his position and is he gonna be able to save face with danielle will they won't they blah 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 right because mm -hmm. nobody cares. No, but we don't care. This is the land trust all over again, except for <laughs> less interesting. Yeah. But um, interesting. Whoa. were you guys worried that she was setting a trap for him? Because Especially at the end, the way she was looking at him, even though they made it sound like, um, I know we'll get to it later, but at the end, I thought it was kind of suspect. Uh, yeah, I mean, it. he says at a certain point, there was that other lady who at first I thought, oh, it's is this like the new Danielle? Um, I was kind of hoping that was the new Danielle. I was like, ooh, <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> yeah, and he says, I, I like that we've eaten more sweet and sour shrimp than we will ever save. I thought that was kind of a funny line. And he says, <laughs> if we can't beat them, make them suffer. So that was kind of the <laughs> philosophy. And then he finds out it's Danielle. They were both trying to, to one-up each other. Well, yeah, obviously, obviously, you're gonna go into a courtroom with your ex-boyfriend and not try to one-up him. <laughs> <laughs> but I was, I was, I was super worried. Like, oh no, Connor's gonna fall for another scheme again. That little nerd. But he, he didn't. 
You guys, <laughs> he did it. Everybody so he, clap, Connor. <laughs> <laughs> Casey of Connor and Danielle. I was really, really worried that he was just going to fall right in love with her again. And I was going to be like, no, don't do it. Yeah. You know, I don't really care for Danielle. Like, she doesn't do anything for me. I think he can find someone a whole lot better. Mm-hmm. Um, and when they were talking, I was like, oh, she's trying to distract him. <laughs> but then she, he totally was not distracted. I think he maybe distracted her yeah by his good looks and charm i mean he did look really good in those suits oh so i i would be distracted (laughs) it's me we got him out of those uh cardigans at least (laughs) that was good (laughs) you agree lisa uh yeah i was i because one of the reasons why i really liked him from the first season was because he was so cocky and so different like yeah i mean in real life i that's not my jam cocky dudes but on tv i'm like yeah bring it on especially when they look like andrew francis in well-cut suits and so that was yeah. nice but in the end oh, danielle and him eh. isn't there somebody else on the island or in the shores no there that's actually all the people that's what i'm, we, that's what I'm afraid of, of i mean and that's it that's it <laughs> I mean, have to go to Philadelphia. Yeah, they to they had to go all the way to Baltimore to, just to find her. So Baltimore, <laughs> love. If they like actually made Connor like a super arrogant jerk, like went full tilt that way for uh-huh. at least like a season, where he was like his whole family gets mad at him because he just always thinks he's right. It would be so great. And then he can redeem himself later. Blah, 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 blah. It could be good, but I, I don't know. Like, like when he was being all pissy about, uh, about Kevin and his apology and just stuff like that, I was just like, ugh. Yeah, but, but that's because they were trying to tiptoe. Tiptoe and try to make us think like, oh, well, who's right, who's wrong? I want him to, I want him to be full wrong. And everyone to know he's full wrong, even for him to know a little bit he's full wrong, but just to dig his heels in would be so great. Go full Damon Salvatore (laughs) season one, like, boom. Not like obviously eating people because he's not a vampire, but like, (laughs) but I want him to be like the villain, like the show needs a villain instead of like, oh, well, everyone's pretty good, but there's some sort of nothing, like i do agree with you that we are missing kind of a villain like mm-hmm. at this point the biggest villain of the season is Bree's book and that's <laughs> so okay also have sarah and kevin so evidently the only jobs that kevin can get as an emt are in uh what did he say it was in waikiki and seattle and portland i think Mm-hmm. and uh man i take the waikiki job i'll tell you that right now <laughs> heck yeah <laughs> I mean, he's not married go man that would be amazing but uh it's a little hard to believe i mean there are a lot of municipalities in the uh in the tri like tri-states area there with uh virginia maryland west virginia nobody needs an emt like really you can even go uh, Pennsylvania, Delaware. Like that's all within driving distance. Yeah, I was really confused when he said that. Okay, Sarah might be moving to Philly, and I can't work there. 
like I, I, I was really confused why he yeah. said that he couldn't not that he didn't have a job but it was like it was just absolutely yeah. impossible is how yeah. i heard it but- i agree i feel like these people have never like gone to the chesapeake shores and actually like done their kind of background homework and maybe because i grew up in maryland like seriously like them being like the big deal about megan uh going doing the job at the met like people do the dc to new york train all the time it's no big deal like people do philly to like philly chesapeake shores that that's like not a that big a deal like things are closer together like you don't actually all have to live in Chesapeake Shores like okay, and just for the record I just googled it because google exists maybe it doesn't in Chesapeake yeah. Shores world <laughs> I have found over a hundred results for an EMT position in Philadelphia <laughs> yeah yeah I'm sure and I mean, I don't know how far away, maybe you can Google how far away Philadelphia is from Chesapeake Shores. I don't know, but it's not that far. It's definitely, it's really not. And so if, if Baltimore to Philly is like three hours, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, not a big deal. And so like, if she, he was to move there with Sarah, that right. would be no problem. Lisa, yeah. you live in the East Coast, you know. New York all the time. Like, yeah. I, I could get a job in the city and go every day. Yeah. I just get on the train and take it. I mean, it would be a two-hour commute, but I can do it. People do it all you the know? time. Yeah. Correction. I mean, I can take the train to, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Where Correction. is Chesapeake Shores? Baltimore to Philly is an hour and 45 yeah. minutes. Yeah. Well, but, but so where's, even where's, closer. The, where's the Chesapeake? Where are Chesapeake we going? Chesapeake Shores Chesapeake, is like Annapolis. An I think it's an hour from Baltimore because they keep referencing how Abby has to be going into Baltimore. We have to go yeah, into Baltimore. Yeah, I think I think it's around like if you look up Annapolis, I think that's like the around the area. Just okay, Shores. so from Philly to Chesapeake Shores in a car is two hours. Yeah, it's really no big deal. No, like you can make every Thanksgiving. You can come home for the weekend. It's all good. Like I don't. Anyway. Yeah, so, but... We care. We do the research. We care for you guys. (laughs) (laughs) So, but, but Kevin is very upset by this. Not to mention that Mick has a freaking helicopter. Right. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Flight, it is an helicopter land, but probably not that long. Yeah, Yeah, I know. I know. I I think maybe because everything's like maybe far apart in Canada. I I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. They're like, actually, the location for (laughs) Philadelphia in Canada is pretty far from the Chesapeake Shores location. (laughs) Remember our interview with Jen Lilly and she was like, Brendan Penny thinks that Virginians speak British. So I don't know. (laughs) Very true. Yeah, you have to listen. I'll put a link down. Okay. <laughs> Your okay. mother has to travel five hours to go from Philadelphia to Maryland on her fancy horse. <laughs> so, yeah, but anyway, that's conflict between Sarah and Kevin. That- oh, okay. I do want to talk about it. Talk- Kevin and Kara. Yeah. What? Kevin and Ke- Sarah and Kevin. They are 
I did not like Sarah coming into the season. Uh-huh. She was boring. I didn't care for her. I was hashtag team Georgia all day, every day. Um, but I should have really come around on Sarah, mm-hmm. which I was, it's very surprising to me. It's been one of the best things of the season. Like her almost dying, but like being okay in five minutes was like, uh, they could have dragged out her being sick or like lessened how much she almost died, but whatever. That was my one nitpick of their storyline. Otherwise, I really liked it. I just wanted to say that. Great job, Jessica. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah been, I think they have pretty good chemistry and uh they've been they've been uh fun how do you feel about the about Bree's book do you care about Bree's book i don't really (laughs) care about (laughs) Bree's book um because it's taken too long i've lost interest in it it's the land trust all over again um the only thing that is interesting about it is the shoe that's going to drop when megan reads it and finds out all whatever With any luck, it actually has some drama and some teeth to it when that happens, which supposedly will be next week, but I would not be surprised if they wait until, yeah. don't give it to her until the end of next week, and then in the finale, she they have to deal with it. And she prob- Megan's probably going to be like, well, I'm moving. This has been useless. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, leaving's the right answer. Um, but so... No, long story short, I don't care about the book. <laughs> Lisa, how do you feel about this? I probably would have cared about the book if all of this had happened in the third episode yeah. and we knew for sure that we were going to get into it more because I think it could be very interesting to delve into, and we've talked about this several times already, delve into why Megan made the choices that she made and her feelings on it and the, you know, the pressures that a mom feels like anytime leaving even if it's just for a weekend but she did it for who knows why she did it we don't know we don't we still don't know all the reasons and I think that would have been super interesting but the fact that they drew out this manuscript for so long and we're up to like seven different editions and I'm like which one is she handing out all of these editions just give one to each person I don't know why we're waiting there's enough for everyone to read one do you agree Yes, I'm only interested in the book because they introduced it to us, and um, uh, curiosity is killing the cat over here, and I really just wanted to see Megan fall apart reading the book, and see a lot of drama, yeah. um, so I'm really waiting for that book, I really wish they would just do a whole episode on the book, and not just an episode like of people reading the book, because that's boring, but like, have them do a flashback to like, <laughs> when Megan left, do a whole episode yeah. like that like Megan starts reading the book and then it just fades out into like you know 1996 and she and Mick are fighting and the kids are running around and they're sad and they're she's like having to say bye to them and she's seeing it from her memory and then like Abby will like walk in and be like what you doing mom oh you're reading that book and then Abby has a flashback to when her mom leaves and like everybody has a flashback I would actually be fine if the whole movie was the whole episode was just flashback yeah or that too it's like a special episode entirely in flashback Rachel I need you to write it because I'll be in (laughs) Ava Cooper can be um little Jess oh my gosh brilliant (laughs) brilliant <laughs> they had just gone to immediately now reading the book like you say in like episode three because i think her response was the most interesting mm-hmm. and i thought that she sold it the most whereas like kevin was just like eh, eh, whatever yeah why did we even bother wasting time on kevin yeah or connor no or Both abby was just kind of like, like 
Like I like it was worth and has Mick read it? I don't care. No, He's Mick hasn't read it that no. I'm aware of. You know what'd be Ish. actually interesting if Megan reads it and she's like, it's okay, and then Mick reads it and he loses his lid. <laughs> yeah. That would be amazing. That would be interesting. That would be a plot twist. Yeah. That um, would be what, interesting. I think what should have happened is Nell should have read the book while Jess and Bree were over prancing off in the Peckland. Alexandra comes back to visit David because she is just she's just failing miserably at being running this company. Tracy hired to handle the bridge. (laughs) (laughs) And she was like, uh, she says that she misses Brie and Jess, that it was like having sisters around and that her parents were right, that she is just not capable of doing this. And she's just kind of a mess, but luckily uh, she's there to make s'mores with Jess and David. So... All right, Amber, let's hear it. What do you think about the pecs and Alexander coming back? I don't understand them, and I hate them. Uh-huh. Like, in what way do you hate them? All of the ways. <laughs> no, like, they're not even fun villains. Like, they could, they had an opportunity here, because they're making them kind of villainy, right? Mm-hmm. To go full, like, 80s preppy villain. Like, they could have yeah. done this so easily and it would have been so fun to hate them and it could have like started this sort of like conflict where we had like these two wealthy families but one's wealthier and meaner like it would have been so good and they just didn't even go there yeah Yeah. come on agree with me lisa uh yeah (laughs) for sure i mean it could have been like super like just 90210 when like all the rich people hated on the less slightly less rich people yeah yes. and then all did like super yeah. evil the original not the remake but we don't Nobody talk about, that. Uh, yeah, we don't talk about that one. um yeah and it just all fizzled out all of a sudden he was just gone i'm like where was all the like honestly if the cinderella moment had been the like catalyst to more drama then i would have been in but like mm-hmm. it was kind of the ending of the drama which was bizarre and, and you know and then the next like two episodes it's just kind of just or david saying um well we had a big talking to i'm like why didn't we see that like what mm-hmm. so i think that's where the the problem was because that was a pretty dishy scene but it was i don't know it was just yeah it's I, just a classic thing show me don't tell me yeah i kept like with the whole peck thing i was i kept waiting for it i kept waiting for the parents to be like uber pretentious and rude and like worse than they already were kind of like um what's his name arnold or palmer palmer in um the beach house and how like super pretentious he was and really yeah. rude and mean and how things were like coming to a head and stuff that's a good example um, yeah i was really waiting for it to be for them but it just just never came it's disappointing so how Very do you sad. feel about alexandra coming back oh i'm suspicious of her i think she's up to no good like what's I if know, she I just don't if she is running the company what would be her motivation to bringing david back like if she has all the power now so so why if she is a if she's a, a unscrupulous greedy person she would not want him to come back she has the power so i'm confused about i agree that there's probably something suspect but i i'm confused about what that could possibly be she is literally like 
she's it. She's got it. She's got the job. Yeah. And she wanted it. That's the other thing too, that I can't figure out. She seems very suspicious to me, but at the same time, I'm trying to figure out what her motive is Yeah, because she wanted the CEO job. It wasn't like, you know, she got it by default because David left. She wanted it. And he well, it makes me think that she doesn't have an ulterior mom, that she really is just doing s'mores and is insecure and whatever. Because- and that is the worst thing. If she really is just being like, mm, I just wanted some help. Thanks for your help. Bye. That's the worst she needs to be the bad, like, like to let her be the bad guy. I mean, if you're going to style her, we talked about this, Lisa, you and me on Twitter. If they're going to style her wearing her sweater tied around her shoulders, (laughs) like a full on eighties villain, let her be a villain. Like spreadsheet guy in the safari movie yeah safari. yeah yeah the only thing i can figure is that she really screwed up and now she has wants to find some way to blame it on david i don't know that would be the only thing that makes sense because that would be the only reason she would not want the responsibility to be on her yeah i don't know what if she's like embezzling money or something like that i that would be amazing. And then she blames it on David and David gets goes to jail and there's a trial. Oh, better. She blames it on Jess somehow. Jess she's, goes and there's a trial. She's in line with Greg at the bridge. Just like they <laughs> Plot twist. They have some secret lovers act. Yeah, that would be good. That would be great. I just don't understand what could possibly be the advantage of her having David there if she is a power hungry mm-hmm. person. She's going to want to have him gone. Why would she? I, I mean, if she just needed help, what's there's phones, there's FaceTime. Yeah. Yeah. There's all, and she had to fly all the way to Chesapeake Shores and bring marshmallows. We literally get David to talk to her. Not that far. But maybe, like, like, David has some weird, like, archaic, like, he's a, what do they call those, um, uh, people that don't use technology? I can't think of the word all of a sudden. Luddite. Maybe it's, like, a weird Luddite, because, remember, he said that FedEx instead of, like, calling Jess. (laughs) Well, she should have FedExed him and said, I need help. And then he could have FedExed. He, back. He, he's, she's like freaking out that he hasn't uh, <laughs> this through on the wire brother i need some help stop <laughs> western union is still in business there you go um okay single-handedly keeping it. nobody's gonna intercept our coded transmissions <laughs> He's like sending pigeons. <laughs> so we had in this episode, we had Megan uh getting told by Kate, evil Kate. She's the villain, I guess. Um is she the daughter of the mayor? Or just working. I with was her? lost on all that. Mm. I didn't really I think understand. She's just working for the mayor, but like her mom's known Nell for a million years. Okay. Yada yada mm-hmm. yada. Okay, I wasn't sure. But anyway, so Kate tells Megan, you will turn in your letter of resignation this next week uh, because we're folding in the arts program into the Parks and Rec program, which, first of all, like, Megan has been working at the bookstore, like, 24-7. I have never seen her do anything for this other job. Like, what? And second of all, like, I, I don't know. She made those giant posters that said Trace Riley for some event. <laughs> yeah, she made posters. <laughs> she made the, the mock-up for the um, vow renewal. 
Well, she did the yes. art walk. Right, that's what it was. And then Trace played there, right? And she made the big posters. Guy, what was his name? This uh, this guy that's over the Parks and Rec. I don't know why. Oh, Robbie, Robbie Monk. Monk. Robbie Monk. I don't understand why they hired this person. Because he sounds terrible and horrible. <laughs> I don't know. I Casey, see him. Casey, what do you think of Robbie Monk? Oh, I just thought of Monk from Monk Monk when I heard yeah. Monk. I'm always like, wait, Chaloop? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the man who can play any ethnicity. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Robbie Monk. Amber, you must have had an opinion about Robbie Monk. No. I mean... I don't want to say that as a government employee, there are definitely some people that you are like, why are they hired? Who hired them? And it's it's complicated is all I'll say. Yeah. Like, we'll be accepting your resignation on Friday. I was like, uh, no, you won't. Because if you get fired, you get better firing things. Yeah, you like, get benefits. So yeah. uh, never resign. Unless they're going to give you a balloon package for resigning. Yeah. Right. Agreed. Just say it. Like, this life advice, right? Don't resign. Yeah. I don't understand why she didn't just fire her. What was the problem? She was worried that... I guarantee you she can't. She can't like, fire her. Okay. Without cause. And she just thought that Megan would just be like, okay, fine. Yeah. Weird. That was weird. Um, Kate's bananas, but she could become a good villain. Yeah, 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 yeah. I did like a. Please be a good villain. I did like that. Nell said about. Um, he said, "I don't know if it would help, but it would be entertaining." (laughs) (laughs) Nell, can we just say Nell was easily MVP this episode, though? I mean, I think she usually is, but she really was this episode. Yeah. Can we also say that Nell has a lot of enemies for such a small town because the mayor. The mayor's assistant, that woman with the flower show. I mean, yeah, you're right. Oh, yeah. That's true. Dang, Mel. <laughs> she throws it down, dude, secretly. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, all these villains come out and they're after her. Back to Kevin and Sarah, real quick. I was confused. Why did Kevin say, if I stay with her, I can't be a paramedic? Why? What is yeah. that? That's what I was saying earlier. Like, I didn't get why he was saying that at all. I do just want to say, I think they have the craziest notions in that family. Like, Oh, co-signing on a loan is such a horrible disgrace. Why would someone offer to do this with me? And like, oh, I'm going to help you hire some better staff. Oh, that guy is such a jerk. He's ruining my life. And like, oh, you're, you're going to go work in your family's business and make millions of dollars. But I need you here. Yeah. And like, oh, they're so funny. It's confusing. And also, we have David saying, I don't know what I would do if I couldn't cook, which is confusing because literally last episode, he was letting Jess do all the cooking and was kind of like, you seem fine to me, like hanging back. He was happy being her, her little manservant. And in this one, they're all talking about doing dinner theater. And like, I don't know. I'm like, is he going to, what? what? Uh, and he did say, I left because I didn't want to be doing that the rest of my life. So. Which is fair fair and i approved of that because like oh he didn't give up his career for her he didn't really want it fine i guess (laughs) well at least we got something from him like some i guess he didn't like doing that it seemed like he was fine doing it i don't know uh but um oh i think i think in that sense for for david saying i don't know what i would do if i couldn't i think it meant like 
like personally like as a joy like if I couldn't you know okay. play piano ever again I don't know what I'd do without that because yeah. it brings me happiness and joy and I feel like cooking brings happiness to David <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah okay. uh so also yeah. I just want to say so it seemed to me like David was just working from an office in the house in Peck Manor like right, right? he wasn't mm-hmm. Like, mm, couldn't he just build an office in Chesapeake Shores? <laughs> like, he just could, saying. He completely could. I work with people in Georgia every day, and I'm in Utah. So, I worked from home for a year and a half for a corporate to be company. Fair, right. He might have to hi- like have a, a telegraph line <laughs> pulled in yeah, yeah. but and like hire a new guy for the Pony Express. Yeah. But everything else. <laughs> is so doable <laughs> he can get teach jess how to do shorthand it'll be great <laughs> fedex overnight yeah. there. um so yeah you do have a scene with mick and abby where he says nothing feels better than getting an opportunity and nothing feels worse than letting people go and abby says i always thought it was just business for you yeah that i think that was actually the best scene of the episode yeah um i really appreciate it treat will williams knocked it out of the park yeah um and who knew that mick was going to become like my favorite character this season but everything he does makes sense and they're like letting him have depth and he's just being great and making good choices and just doing his job and everybody else is terrible Mm -hmm. I didn't know that I was going to like Mick. I was like, <laughs> I like Mick now. Okay. It, I, the only thing I wish that maybe Megan had been brought into this whole conflict with Trace, because I'd be curious to know her opinion. And they had that like whole thing where like they kind of went on a date, but then didn't go on a date. And, and that was all kind of, I thought, anticlimactic. And we didn't get any of them together at all in this episode. But I, I would like to know what Megan thinks about this whole thing. Uh, if she agrees with what Mick's doing. And, and if her disagreeing makes him want to behave differently. Like, that would be interesting. A little bit, at least. <laughs> Trace and Abby would break up. And then Abby would start dating Victor Webster and yes. Trace would go become a big musician. And there'd always be a part of her that was like, oh, Trace. And they'd like, they call each other and they wouldn't be dating. And it'd be such a scandal. It'd be so amazing. <laughs> Except for it would be super mean of her because he's invested all of this into her children. Like, uh, that would be really cold uh, of her. <laughs> well, he's going to want to go on his thing and she's going to say, oh, I can't do it. And he's going to say, oh, but I gotta follow my dreams. And she's, well, no, she's gonna be like, you have to follow your dreams. <laughs> but you're my dream. And she's gonna be like, I'll be here. And then she won't. The only way that's gonna happen is if literally Jesse Metcalf wants to follow his dreams. <laughs> that's the only way that will happen. Wasn't no, that the ending of Trace will two? still be on the show. And Trace will be following his dreams and will follow him following his dreams. Yeah. Oh, But also... And, and- but they'll be broken up. And, and he'll Abby be super will depressed. Try. Yeah, and he'll be like depressed and his like music career will take off because he'll be writing all these like angsty songs. <laughs> with, Lee. with Lee. With <laughs> Lee. Anything would be better than just like not, nah, no conflict. Like, I don't know. But anyway, so we do trace. I mean, it. like, this is from the show that's the channel that's afraid to show us sequels where people are just like, 
in love and getting married. Like, this is from that channel where we just get to watch people be in love and, like, do nothing all day except for talk through legal stuff. Like, I could go talk title liens with my dad if I really wanted to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> Unless this is some sort of ploy by Hallmark to make every person who watches the show, like, savvier at contract law. <laughs> then I'm like I'm not invested in any of the the legal fights, any of them. Yeah. Well, so Trace says I'm only going to be gone for another two months. Mick says, "Can you promise me that?" And that was kind of the end. And then that, and then we get Nell to Bree. She says, "I've come to see the grandchild that has a lovely way with words. I can't give you my blessings on it before you show it to your mother." Da, da, da. So there we go. Next week. It's a better episode than I, it was. My, this was my favorite episode of the season, and I still think that it's just. I think that season two and season one were more interesting and had more conflict, and I just think we're better written and we're dishier and just a little bit more fun. And and I I, I just kind of wish that this. I guess I wish the show was something that it's just not, because I wish it was more of sort of a seventh heaven kind of a that kind of a feel of something like Aaron Spelling would have would have done you know that I don't I love those kind of shows and you don't really see them that much everybody's all think of any conflict this season that has not involved business well just Terry and and uh and Abby yeah that's the only Mm -hmm. one and yeah, I mean, there's yeah. ones that were just, like, briefly mentioned, but, like, like for instance, Mick and Megan, or, like, the whole thing with the vow renewal, but that was all just tied up with a bow so fast. And they're gone. Yeah, yeah and everybody's fine. And Thomas and... Like, I thought that vow renewal thing was going to be a continually thing, and that would be, you know, to the end of the season, and it was just mm-hmm. kind of... But th- there has not been a conflict with our main characters that has had an arc that is has an involved business yeah if they yeah. wanted to change the title to like chesapeake business law i wouldn't be surprised <laughs> i mean i think that like <laughs> i think the uh, the good wife had more like external conflict like i i don't know it's just... like full house has more conflict than <laughs> chesapeake shores and they solve all their conflict in 28 minutes right. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah it's not so, like i enjoyed myself i've enjoyed myself live tweeting this season i like this show i like the actors i think the writers even do a good job like i think the dialogue is fun it's just the like the the what they're giving us as conflict is not interesting yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's yeah. true the dialogue but i don't think the, the the writing as far as the plots have been have been very good but uh but yeah but the I don't, acting i don't think good. that's writing i think that's plotting yeah yeah, yeah I, guess. I, I can see what you're saying yeah i'm just confused how everything's tying in together like for for example like when calls the heart does one story arc is like episode one and two and then the next story arc is you know two and three and four or whatever Whereas this one, I'm just kind of like, it's kind of dancing around. Mm-hmm. And like the conflict that yeah. they're giving us isn't really true conflict. I mean, it is, but it's boring or it just gets wrapped up in a pretty bow and we're left going, wait, we wanted to see that. Or wait, what happened again? So I'm just really confused by how they mapped out yeah. this whole season. 
Yeah. And why um, it's taken so long to, for us to get to this dang book that they've been teasing us forever. Yeah. And like an arcing storyline on Chesapeake Shores last year, except for it was about whether or not this multi-million dollar thing is going to go through. Yeah. And I understand that, like, that's kind of similar to the railroad and When Calls the Heart, except for it's not. Because at the end of the day, the reason why the When Calls the Heart railroad thing was interesting is because there were stakes for our characters. If the railroad mm-hmm. doesn't go away, come, then the town might close and the people might leave. There will be actual consequences. If the land trust doesn't do develop, all yeah. of the lives will be You're fine. right. You're right. I mean, mm-hmm. I thought there was Even some- if Trace's band fails or his business fails he'll be fine yeah yeah i agree with you i that's a really really good point i i think there was also some like interesting conflict in the sense of like to me at least i think like trace having some like issues dealing with having that accident like that's like kind Mm -hmm. of interesting i feel like i feel like uh the uh connor struggling with his job like that to me is like whether he should quit or not what does he want out of life like that was interesting mm-hmm. as opposed to like here's a legal battle that we're in and i'm gonna try to do a good job at it like that's right. not is interesting yeah. and to be yeah. fair the it was interesting when they had the first legal thing between mick and connor this year yeah where mick got one over on connor and connor was mad and he was mad at him like on a personal level and mick was like this is business and they had that conflict and if that had kept going throughout yeah. the season and caused ripple effects and actual consequences to that, it would have been amazing. I was so excited for that when it yeah. first happened. I was like, mm-hmm. I'm legitimately torn between how I feel about these two people because I feel in a sense they're both right. Not that they're yeah. both like, but they, well, they dropped it. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's just, I feel like the plotting hasn't been great. They haven't been giving us things that pay off later and maybe we'll see some payoff in the last couple mm-hmm. episodes i'm hoping that we do mm-hmm. and well, it's not least... saying i don't like the characters i mean i've enjoyed all of the fun homages to movies that they've done with mm-hmm. yes and david and i've you know i've enjoyed watching brie be like a little bit manic and crazy i've enjoyed right. now saving the fountain like it doesn't affect anything that's going on but it's like fun for nail to do Mm-hmm. But I want this. We come to the show for the drama. Like, yeah. we come yeah. for the drama and the love. And right now, we're just sort of getting, honestly, we're just sort of getting eh on the drama and sort of eh on the love. Like, Jess mm-hmm. and David are delivering, but there's nothing that they're not, there's nothing, we don't feel like I'm earning the love. They're just giving it to me. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. I feel like this was a step in the right direction. There were a couple things that look interesting and could be, hopefully we'll get some, like, I hope that they'll end on a stronger note uh, in these next, uh, next episodes, three episodes, uh, and, you know, we'll get some, you know, dishy conflict. Uh, But, um, but yeah, I don't know. It's been it's been an interesting thing, and uh, yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting next week when they're teasing us that the B and B is gonna close down. Yeah, what is that? Like I was really <laughs> confused about that. Oh, <laughs> that would be so great if Alexandra tries to get take the B and B. That's what she was there. She was getting intel, scoping, going back. It seemed more like she was gonna steal the bookstore. 
Yeah. Oh. I, I was feeling very like single white female vibes about Alexandra <laughs> in the bookstore and Brie and Simon Atwater. Like that would have been amazing. I don't think it's going to happen, but it would have been <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So I don't know. I felt like this was a step in the right direction and uh, it was better than what it had before, which was just so frustrating for me. Um, and uh, yeah, I, but I love the whole cast. I, I think they're great. And uh, I, th- I think they're doing the best they can to elevate material I was wish was better. Uh, I think the so. reason why we're so frustrated is because we know how awesome it could be. Yeah. Should- Real quick, I do have to say that Caitlin and Carrie, Carrie, right? Mm-hmm. Carrie, they are scoring right now. They're the ones that are just making it. They're getting all of this fun stuff that Terry's doing, and they're getting all this stuff that that their mom is is doing it to be competitive so they're like and i i remember when i was little uh i used to be so envious of my friends who had split parents because they got to do all this fun stuff on the weekends with their like other parent and i had to do saturday chores and so one day one day i told my dad i said why don't you and mom get divorced like this would be great they was like no sorry we're not gonna do that <laughs> still happily married 41 years so <laughs> but um but yeah they're scoring they are just having the summer of dreams i think right now but uh but anyway they were really cute that was summer really- of dreams uh yeah. find our podcast about that in the description <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so all right well good so we will see what happens next week and uh, we know Megan says, I will not resign. The wish fountain is not going anywhere. And neither am I. So we will see what happens. I hope that's a thing where she is. I don't want, uh, not, now this is, I'm not saying I want Barbara Niven off the show or Megan off the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it would be really interesting for them to have to deal with her taking the job at the Met. Yeah. yeah or she could run for mayor. <gasps> or she could run for mayor. You know what would be amazing? If Martha from Middleton moved to Chesapeake Shores and runs for mayor. Yeah, I agree. That would, she could be tired of Blairsville and just like, yeah, because. Anyway, all right. Well, this has been so much fun. I really appreciate you guys coming on to talk about it and talk about this episode. And uh, Amber, where can people find you? As always, I'm at Amber Brainwaves on Twitter, and that's it. Great. And Lisa, what about you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram as Girl Gone Hallmark. Great. And Casey? You can find me on Twitter at Hallmark My Words. Great. And you can find me at Rachel's Reviews on iTunes and on YouTube. So check that out. And uh, just make sure you're following the podcast at Hallmarkies Pod on Instagram and Twitter and all their social media. Please put in your uh, reviews on iTunes uh, because it helps us a lot to get people to find us and search when they search. We really appreciate it. And uh, make sure you're checking out this week. We have our interview with Allison Wanzura that posted on Monday. We have our look at the late summer movies on Wednesday. And, uh, and then, uh, so yeah, this week coming up, we have Truly Madly Sweetly on the Hallmark Channel. So that should be really fun. And uh, yeah, give us your thoughts, uh, your comments, uh, and let us know what you think uh, on Twitter or in the comments section. And uh, thanks so much, you guys. Really appreciate it. We'll talk next week. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye.